I know it's a little cold this morning, and you know maybe a few people had dead batteries, but we'll probably have a few more coming in. Here's my lovely wife, Janie. If any of you don't know my better half, this is my wife, Janie, and um, she'll keep me straight as we work through this today. Um, what I want to uh, do today is uh, I started a word study on grace, uh, the word grace, uh, I think three or four years ago, and uh, I want to uh, go over some of the, the research that I've done today. I, uh, that, that study actually got kind of put on the shelf for a while because I, I, I got a little sidetracked on some other studies, but uh, that's... Uh, one of the things now that I'm retired that I can go back and, and pick up on some of these things that I, I wanted to uh, study. Uh, we're going to start out uh, with some of the more technical details of, of how I, I started uh, this, this study on grace, and, and then we're going to get into some notes and an outline of how I uh, saw this word study going and into... Uh, different phases or aspects, characteristics of grace, and, and I tried to outline that out. But uh, everything that, that I say today uh, regarding grace is, a, a, is going to be a work in progress. Uh, the the uh, subject I found uh, is, is, is really huge. So... Um, to begin, let's just ask the Lord to give us uh, a profitable time today. Father, I just thank you uh, for your word uh, that is able to build us up. And I just ask you help us to grow today, understand your word a little bit better, and be those ministers of reconciliation that you have on your heart for us to be. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, The way I started this was I, I began looking to, at every reference to the word grace in the New Testament. And what that did, and how I kept track of it, was I'm just going to show you. Uh, the first occurrence of grace is in Luke 2.40. So I, I made a little mark on my grace, marked it in blue, and then... What I did was I put a reference right underneath it to the next occurrence of grace, which, which happens to be just a few verses down. Well, after that, it starts getting a little more spaced out, and eventually I found that I had 150 little blue colorings for my grace, with all the references going back to the last one and to the next one, until we ended up in um, Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, which is a the last verse in our Bible and the last verse that was written, uh, which is, you know, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. So, what that did was, at any time I want to, I can go to Luke 2.40, and I can keep looking at each verse that talks about grace and go through the entire Bible in about 15, 20 minutes and refresh myself yeah on all these verses uh, without, you know, having to go back to a concordance and back and forth or using some online 
uh, app. Uh, I use BibleHub.org. I, I don't know if any of you use Bible apps when you study, but uh, something like BibleHub.org, you can, I don't know, look at 20, 30, 40 different commentaries. You can look at the Greek, at the Hebrew. It has everything broken down. Uh, additional material, it just goes beyond. Um, I never had that years and years ago. Uh, uh, when my wife and I uh, were doing work overseas, uh, we had punch cards. Uh, that was our computer. We had big, big stacks of punch cards. And if I wanted to look for a certain thing, I stuck a big needle in it <laughs> and, and, and peel, you know, spun them off, and eventually you'd break it down to little things. But uh, that's another story in and of itself. But uh, I don't know how many of you might want to do that in your Bible. Maybe you don't write in your Bible, don't want to mark it up. Uh, mine is, is marked to death, and I'm getting to a point in some sections I almost need need a new one, but uh, there are just a couple technical details. Uh, there's no instances of grace in Matthew, Mark, or 1 John, or 3 John. There's all 23 other books have grace mentioned. Uh, of course, every book written by Paul has a salutation and a benediction, and we're going to be covering a little bit of that as we go along as far as uh, benedictions, salutations, what those things mean. But uh, we have, uh, you know, grace and peace be with you. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the things in the benediction as well. Uh, if we are to look in... In, uh, in a dictionary, maybe a Bible dictionary, concordance, uh, Greek word studies, and so forth, we're going to get a lot of different definitions of what grace is. And um, because of those many varied definitions, that's a little bit what drove me to uh, get into this study and this outline that we're going to pass out here in a few minutes. But... Uh, some of, them, some of these uh, definitions are a bit tedious to go through. Uh, I have a Webster's Dictionary, and you know how a dictionary has uh, definitions 1A, and then B, and then C, and then 2. Uh, well, I'm, I'm here at Webster's 13B to see this one definition, and it says, In theology, grace is a free gift of God to man for his regeneration or sanctification. An impetus and influence emanating from God and operative for the spiritual well-being of the recipient. Now, I think we can all agree that that's mostly true. Uh, certainly not complete. Uh, there was a, another fellow that uh, said the resources of language have been exhausted in the attempt to indicate or to define the infinite grace of God in terms of human speech. That, that, that's, to me, a great one. Even, even in that, though, it, it, it just says how big this, this uh, challenge is, but doesn't give us a particular answer. Uh, I like this one, too, but it, uh, the grace that comes from God is, is, is the operation of divine love 
especially as manifested in God's taking the initiative towards reconciliation with man and in his forgiveness of the repentant sinner. That, that, that's a good one. I mean, it, it starts out pretty good, but one of the things that's missing is Jesus. Uh, you, uh, we're going to see a little bit that you cannot take Jesus out of the equation when you're talking about grace. It is an absolute necessity. Uh, the simplest definition of, of, of grace is, is gift. And as you uh, read uh, in the scripture, you're going to find that there are times where, where it's translated that, depending on the uh, context or uh, affixation on the word. Uh, a lot of people say it's the unmerited or undeserved uh, favor of God toward man. And um, that, that, that is true as well. Ha however, the term is a lot broader than that, and, and we'll see here in just a few minutes. Um, in a good concordance, you're going to find that grace is translated grace from the, word, the Greek word charis, 130 times. Depending on the translation you use, it's right around there. Some are 129, some 131. Uh, and then there's a smattering of, of other uh, translations, again, depending on the, the affixation or the context, uh, that are translated uh, thankworthy, gracious, pleasure, liberality, highly favored, that sort of thing. Uh, so we have about 130 times where it's actually translated grace. Thirty-five of those times are either salutations or benedictions. Uh, and, you know, we'll cover that briefly. So, so it leaves, I don't know, 85 sometimes uh, where we have these other verses. Now, I'm, in my outline, I've addressed approximately 50 of those. And so I still have, have some work to do to, to uh, maybe include these others. I think that most people, uh, when you talk about grace, they, they go, yeah, for, for by grace we're saved through faith and that not of ourselves, you know, the Ephesians uh, verses. Uh, and, but it is really given to us, originating from God's love, as we mentioned before. Love, love being, you know, the attitude and, and grace being that outworking of that love he has for mankind. That uh, in John 3.16, he, he said that for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only. He gifted, he graced us uh, with his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And this gracing or gifting is that absolute uh, outworking of that love. And uh, I think we're going to see that just as in John, he talks about First uh, John 4, 16, I believe, uh, God is love. We're going to see Jesus is grace. And uh, without explicitly saying so, I think we'll, we'll see that that is what we're going to be talking about. So, um, 
I'm going to pass out some of these uh, outlines here, and then hopefully you can follow. We're going to be going a little quick, kind of like a little Tasmanian devil as we rip through these today. But uh, these outlines I prepared are, as I mentioned, it's, it's the beginning of, of what I intend to do for the next several years is to work on this subject and expand it and to fill it out. And uh, I believe that these, uh, this, the, this outline is going to benefit all of you as well. And uh, so we're just going to pass some of these out here and uh, get started. Take some of those. My email address is on here. If you have any questions, criticisms, please feel free. You gotta have one now. You came in. Okay, as I went through these 50 or so verses, you know, just having a big list, uh, I have a picture of my original list was on post-its. So I stuck them all together, I had a big long list like this. And obviously that's not going to, you know, for just a study that I don't have to do anything with, that's fine. But now to bring it into a class, I go, ah, I got to organize all this. So I came up with seven categories in my outline. We have the grace in Christ. We're going to talk about that, the originator of grace. Grace, that belief, what happens. Grace in the salutations and benedictions. I'm not going to say a whole lot about that, but we're going to talk about a couple things there. The grace that's been given to us for living how that works that way. And then grace actions, how that grace has been given us for living, how we then act upon that. How, how do we function with that? And then uh, grace characteristics, what are the characteristics of grace? And then we're going to talk about right at the end, grace for the church, or corporately, what do we do with this grace? Corporately as an organization at Grace Church or any other church, how does that interact for us? Okay. Uh, first of all, grace in Christ. I think that that is uh, the most important thing. That's where we need to start. Uh, first point there, A, I thank I think my God always concerning, for, concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is grace as far as we're concerned. This attribute of his cannot be separated, as I mentioned, from him, just as love cannot be separated from the Father. The grace of God was upon him as a youth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And it may be difficult to conceive of this on a personal level, but this is the way of God with us as well. 
God's grace is in us, upon us, and through us, just like it was Christ. He depended on that grace and, and, and lived that grace, and we can too. Uh, that favor there is that word charis. Uh, as in all progress, and even for Jesus in, in, in growth, it came from two things, the act of the will and, and, and his Father's enablement. And, and that's, that, that, that's how we work too. It, it, it's, it, we work in conjunction with that. God's enablement, our will of act. We're going to do something. We're going to think differently about it. The, uh, one of the big points in this first section is grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Uh, there's four verses in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 14 through 17, that, mention, that mentions grace four times. This, this is a huge section which is going to necessitate a lot of further study, but one of the things I want to point out is that when, when John is talking about truth and grace, or grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, it, it, it was not a time thing. I think a lot of people I've talked to see that as when Christ came, he brought truth and grace. But I think it's, it's more like when Christ came, that grace and truth was realized and made valid both in the past, now, and in the future. For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace, overflowing grace. There, there's no end to it. Christ ever lives, pouring out his grace to us, in us, and upon us for all eternity, and that's to share in, in his, his divinity, in his eternal life. And uh, I, I, anyway, th this, this portion of scripture has got a lot of stuff that we can, can uh, glean from it. Uh, F and uh, G, uh, the, the grace of Christ is the gospel. It's the gospel. The word of his grace, the grace of Christ for a different gospel. So when we think of the grace of Christ, that is the good news. It's the grace of him, and that's good news to us. And again, uh, mentioning that grace is, is really synonymous with Christ or Jesus. Um, and as I said, it's just really impossible uh, to separate the two. Anyway, here's that first section, a lot to think about. Hopefully, you know, you can take these notes and, and go and read, read the verses more in context and, and really take some time to think about how that can affect your life because we have our life through Christ. He, he is part of us. And as we think about that grace that we need for our daily life, we can see what grace and how it affected him and his life and, and how he grew from it and how we can have that same result in our life. Second point, grace at belief. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because these verses are very clear. You hear them all the time. Uh, you know, for by grace you've been saved through faith, salvation, justification, redemption, and forgiveness, inheritance, sanctification. These are all things that we hear about a lot of times. These things are, are a result of grace that happened at the point of belief. These are things that happened to us. We are sanctified. We were set apart as holy. Uh, we have this inheritance for all eternity. Uh, the redemption and forgiveness of sins, which is, which is really a great thing because I've, I've sinned a lot. Uh, justification. Um, and then, of course, salvation. Uh, point three. Uh, grace and salutation and benedictions. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, 35 places in the scripture where grace is either uh, a salutation, grace and peace, um, there's, I think, a couple in First and Second Timothy where it's grace, peace, and mercy. Uh, but uh, one of the things I found interesting was in a pulpit commentary that I was looking at. Uh, it said that these salutations were a blending of the Greek and Jewish forms of greeting. To the Greeks, grace in, in, involved the notions of joy and brightness and prosperity. The calmer and more solemn greeting of the East was, peace be to thee. Uh, the church, back in the day, united both forms of greeting grace, the beginning of every blessing, peace, the end of all blessings, the, the result of that grace in, in, in our lives. And uh, my wife and I spent probably 12, 13, 14 years among Muslims, and you know, we constantly heard that, salam malaikum, you know, peace. Peace. Uh, benedictions, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. This is a reminder to all of us to keep our focus on this source of our new life in Christ. And then several of the other things, Paul's salutations, benedictions, Peter, John's salutation, benediction, the last benediction, uh, all of these things are just, uh, you know, technical details of doing a word study. You always run up on these, and you're going, you know, i got five pages of stuff that I never will say to anybody, and this is kind of where it is. Um, so we're just going to jump on to number four, grace for living. Second Peter 1.3, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And it is grace. That's what he's given us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, it's grace. That's that thing that Christ used as he was growing up and in his ministry up to the day of the cross and beyond. Grace gives, uh, uh, this grace for living, it, 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 it gives... God gives grace to the humble. You know, I don't know how do we exactly figure out if we're humble or not. You know, that's, uh, you know, I don't know, but that is clearly stated back in Proverbs. Uh, James and Peter also go over that. Uh, he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, these things can be part of our prayers. You know, God, teach me to be humble. What does that mean? Uh, what characters in the Bible were known for their humility? 
B, grace instructs us. Uh, C, grace was, we're, we're graced with spiritual gifts. Every one of us sitting here today has a special grace on top of all the other grace to function within this community of believers. And um, I know that over the years, uh, my wife and I have kind of, you know, what's our gift? What's our gift? I, I don't know. You know, just don't know. Does it matter? Does it matter that you know your gift? Maybe for some people. I think for Janie and me, we, we just get up each day and move forward walking with the Spirit. We believe in that journey, our spiritual gifts will be manifest. Um, grace gives eternal, eternal comfort and hope. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. So these things sometimes that we're looking for in our, in our life, you know, maybe sometimes we don't feel very comfortable, com comforted or or have maybe hope for the future, but as we go back and look at these verses, just the exercise of reading these will build you up. That's what it says in the next one. Grace builds us up. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is all of us, going back to the very first saint and to the last one. Grace grows in us. As grace grows in us, we grow in grace, reciprocal. Um, if we but will, we will experience a progressive, growing, maturing, understanding, and reception of grace in our lives. One of the things that Pastor Clark has mentioned many times is, is uh, to be a good receiver. It took me a long time to sort that out. But I, I'm glad that that's happening. The God of all grace will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, these promises based on grace are, are, are just amazing. They, they reach into our soul. And, and just settle us. Okay, we've, we've talked about grace that has been given to us for our life, and, 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 and then we have grace actions, or these actions that will manifest themselves in our life from that grace in our lives. Grace enables us to, to edify others. That, that's a big part of grace, is being able to encourage one another in the faith. Uh, you therefore, my son, be strong. That, that's an imperative. Be strong in grace. So, as, again, how do we become strong in grace? We read these verses and, and let the scripture, the word of God, build us up and strengthen us. We believe those things. We receive those things. Are we worthy to receive those things? God thinks so. 
now. Um, be strong in grace, stand firm in grace. Grace is a stewardship. It's a responsibility as, as we share with others. Um, you know, I look back now, many times I've shared the gospel and, and how I, I wasn't thinking about grace. You know, you just kind of give them a sterile little gospel package. I can't even imagine sharing the gospel today without going here. Um, grace of giving. Our gifts are a grace. Our tithes and offerings are grace. Motivated. These, 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 these things come out of us. Um, when God says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have abundance for every good deed. This is this aspect of giving. Tithes and offerings, our time, our lives, you know, all that is involved in that. Grace teaches us how to conduct ourselves. But in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you. Um, I know that, that as, as I meditate on these things, that's what I'm getting. I, I'm, getting I, I, I'm being instructed by grace, and it teaches me how to conduct myself as being part of that eternal family of God. One of the grace actions, we can go to the throne of grace and get more grace. You know, there's, there's no shortage anywhere. Kind of reminds me of the lady at the well. What did Christ say to her? She, what did he say? If you drink? There's more to that verse. It shall become an everlasting fountain. One of the things I didn't like, it, but I had to put it in here and include it, grace can be received in vain. Now, maybe I come in, I give Sal a big present. I know Sal likes presents. We all like presents. What do we do when we get a gift? I mean, we may not do it right at that moment, but at some point in time, we grab that thing and tear the wrapping off, and we want that gift. I think so often, maybe through poor teaching, maybe just negligence on our part, we tend to leave that. And not unwrap it. Grace was introduced to us by Jesus. Uh, whenever uh, we're introduced into something, um, when I got in the Air Force, I was introduced to boot camp, you know. Uh, that wasn't the end of it, though. You know, and then there was school, and then, uh, as mentioning earlier today, they sent me up to an Air Force base in northern Michigan, and I froze for six months out of the year. I mean, this morning would have been lovely up there, you know, but... Uh, anyway, uh, when you think of grace, think that 
you know, you're in that introduction part. You're, you're being introduced to it and that you have this path, this road to go down that you can continue to build and, and put these pieces into your jacket, into your bookshelf or wherever, and you can live with that and live through it. Grace is a growing thing in the believer. How do we ensure that we're growing? Study. Reading those verses. Letting that word of God come alive in our hearts. Going to the throne of grace. Prayer. Believing. Receiving. Believing that we have that capacity to be like Christ. To be that minister of reconciliation. We have those things. Um, that we can hold and mature within us. And, and, and it says uh, grace can be strengthened in our hearts, for, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. And, um, you know, after you're going, going through this study, that's where I want to be. I want my heart to be strengthened by grace. In, in, in every aspect, uh, from my my time in church, my time with my wife at home, my time with my children, uh, my time with unbelievers. Do, do, do they see that? Grace fell from the lips of Jesus. That's quite a picture. Characteristics of grace. Um, grace was prophesied. Um, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. What? I don't remember prophets in the Old Testament inquiring about grace, prophesying about grace. What were they prophesying about? Jesus. the embodiment of grace. Another thing that really stuck with me is that grace was granted from all eternity. All the way back, now, all the way to the future. Before this universe was created, grace. I like this one in First Peter. More grace is coming. It's future. Okay? More grace is coming. Grace nullified the law. We've heard a lot about that. We know that to be true. Grace is interactive. Everyone here in this, this church, this room, outside, all the believers around the earth. It's an interactive grace. Grace is not connected to works in any way. You know, I saw this little crazy cycle, self-righteousness, law, sin, shame, you know, all those works in there. Um, read a book by 
Lewis Berry Schaefer in his book, Grace, the Glorious Theme. Now, this book was written well over 100 years ago. Um, so I thought, well, this guy probably doesn't know much about grace, but actually I found out he really did. A lot of guys back then really understood some of these things. There are three principles, he said, which cannot coexist with grace. Three principles. Any recognition of human guilt. No recognition of human guilt. Any recognition of human obligation. Oh, no obligation. And the one I think a lot of us have hard times with is any recognition of human merit. Look at me, I go to church every day, you know, I send my money into church, I do all these things. Boy, I'm, I got a lot of merit stacking up for God to give me more grace. No, it doesn't work that way. This is important. It's an important feature. I'm going to close here in a couple of minutes, but I just uh, kind of knock down through a couple of these. Grace is spreading. That's one of the characteristics of, of grace. We used to have that up on our wall out in the foyer. I'm still kind of upset it's not there. Maybe Gabe can get some. Maybe Gabe can <laughs> turn a screws. Great verse to have up on our wall. Um, grace doesn't give license to sin. Uh, you know, I hear all these arguments. People don't believe in grace. Uh, you know, no, grace doesn't give license to sin. Uh, grace gives freedom from sin. Exactly the opposite. Um, grace bears fruit. You don't see any fruit in your life. Maybe you got to walk up to that throne of grace and knock on that door, and maybe we can see what's going on. Um, Grace is overflowing, all-sufficient, surpassing, more than abundant, and lavished upon us through his riches. There's no end to the capacity for grace to flow into our lives. Finally, uh, just go over a couple of things. Grace for the church or for the corporate organization. Uh, the church body commends, commits others to the ministry of grace. Missionaries, preachers, maybe elders, others, youth workers. You know, that's one of the functions of the church as we go out and, and do this sort of thing. Um, that's part of the church responsibility. Uh, we had mentioned this earlier a little bit. Grace can and should be witnessed in other believers. And uh, the church uh, should take on that responsibility. And, and I think we do a good job here of, of educating our our people to grace and what it is and how it can affect our lives. Uh, grace is given to the church to be uh, ministers and wise master builders in, in the development and function of the church. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention in here is that we're all partakers of grace with Paul. This grace is almost like this singular thing coming out of the love of God to the world, and we are all part of it from the very first human until the last. Uh, and, 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 and there's going to be a future study on grace seen in the Old Testament. There's grace, just grace is everywhere. Uh, the more you look at it, the more you see. Uh, 
the church is given grace to, to testify of the gospel of grace, uh, grace to bring about the obedience of faith. Uh, grace is, is the source of all of our spiritual labor. And by the grace of God, churches conduct themselves in the world. So, um, kind of move through this whole thing very quick, but I'm hoping that this might, on, on some level, bless you, give you a, a, a just a working outline. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I've got my uh, email on there. If you have any questions, want, want to ask me questions, or say, hey, this, this didn't, isn't right, criticize me. I'm, I'm good for that. Um, but in, in closing, I just want to make this last note that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This last verse in 2 Corinthians. Though we see these words interchanged with the Godhead, they are primarily connected to them as laid out in that verse. Uh, God is love. Jesus is grace. The Holy Spirit is fellowship or communion. These are their primary functions in that Godhead. And uh, last verse of the Bible, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all, with all of us. You know, when John wrote this, him included. It wasn't just you all, it was with all, with all of us. So I, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, I just... Uh, Submitted as uh, effort in my, in my retirement <laughs> that, that I, I'm working on. So thank you, and uh, I, I use that. Appreciate it. Thank you.